How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? All will see how great, how great is our God. Father, we love you. We worship you. We give you thanks. God, you're so kind. Hallelujah. I want to thank those of you, too, uh, last week who have uh, committed to partnering with us for Glory City TV. Uh, We will, for those of you who weren't here, give you another opportunity to do that next week. Um, But we, I announced last week, we've been given this most amazing opportunity. Uh, Sid Roth has purchased Middle East Television as a, a whole channel. And that actually will go into the entire Middle East. Every television in Israel uh, gets it. It's as part of the standard television. Um, and then all the way throughout the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Russia, Greece, the entire Middle East, uh, this is going to be broadcast. And he's very keen uh, to have our program. And actually, we're moving into a preaching format because they want to get the Word of God uh, with signs and wonders and miracles into the Middle East. Hallelujah. And so the idea is we actually get to go into the homes of, of people, I think actually of some of the, the Muslim women who, who could never have a hope of getting out and going to a Christian church to hear the message. We can go straight into their house, into their home, and tell them the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. Oh, it's just so exciting to me. And Jewish men and women and, and uh, Muslim men and women are just the privilege of actually being able to take the gospel. We're also... Uh, been invited, urged, encouraged uh, to expand our television ministry in the U.S. Um, they, they're just really hungry for what the Lord is doing here in Australia. And uh, they pro- approached me directly saying, we don't have very many women preachers actually on the television. We've got lots of talk shows, but we don't have many women actually preaching and we like what you're doing. Can you get this out? But it does cost us in terms of production and airtime. But the more that comes in, the more we can do. And we're just riding the wave of God's favor and his blessing. Hallelujah. We already have been given so much free airtime on places like ISN in Augusta and Atlanta. And we're so grateful for that. But we are keen to really expand into these stations where people who are just don't know Jesus have to flip the channel and have to go past us and stop and see what's going on there. Hallelujah. I tell you, there is going to be more souls come in that way than we could possibly physically do crusades to bring them in. Hooray! Yay! Worship moments. So we're so excited and giving God thanks. Hallelujah. They've got teams um, mixing it as we go and uh, just, it's amazing. What Nathaniel's able to do, he works out of my garage uh, and produces this that goes all over the world. It's just unbelievable. Um, and the skills that he gave up, such a high-paying job to come and help us do this. It just overwhelms me, the grace of God. And we so appreciate Nathaniel and Haley and all that they do. Are you happy? I tell you what, you've got good reason to be if you know Jesus. Because he is our joy. He is our life. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you. He wants to be 
your lifter, the lifter of your head today, our glory and the lifter of our head. He knows how to do that so wonderfully. In his light, the Bible says, we see light. And that's the joy of what it means to come into the presence of the Lord, singing, worshipping him. The reason we like to take time to really worship the Lord, it's because as we look at him, as we seek him, we find him. And, and as we behold him, hallelujah, we're transformed into that image. But in his light, suddenly we begin to see clearly. Hallelujah. We begin to see, thank you, God. I begin to see with a fresh perspective. I begin to see with heavenly eyes. That's right. Everything comes into supernatural perspective. Hallelujah. I can see clearly now. The rain has gone. <laughs> it's like you come out of the, the all of the things that are going on in your world and you get still before the Lord and just begin to worship him, focus on him. And all of a sudden, a supernatural peace makes everything make sense. Hallelujah. And uh, so we're so grateful. I want to just share a little bit today. I've been, I shared la last week a little on uh, the kingdom of God. And today I want to share with you about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 tells us that the, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And what is actually such a profound reality. It's what we are called to live in, and it's our divine privilege. Hallelujah. We're not called to be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that the Holy Spirit wants us to wake up and recognize that we are living in a time where we are called to be the light of the world, that we are in the world, but not of it, and that we are actually called to live here as ambassadors on the earth, as aliens, the scripture actually says, that you are different because when you've been born again, you are born again of the kingdom of God. And this is the very essence of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, the Bible says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. You know, as you are known by the fruits of the Spirit, as we, as we deliberately recognize what is our divine inheritance and we begin deliberately to live in it, uh, the world will begin to see his glory. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. But that's going to take everyone who is born again to start waking up, a divine awakening to the truth of Christ so that we can see him lifted up and, and manifested through our lives. Amen? Now, righteousness actually leads us to a place of peace because when we live by faith, you know, the word of God tells us that the just shall live by faith. As we live by faith in the righteousness of God, we no longer have to struggle with fear and shame and condemnation. It's the doorway into supernatural peace. But righteousness is something so important and so powerful for us to understand. Now, the word of God tells us uh, that if we confess our sin, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
we we spoke about last week confess your sins one to another that you may be healed that there's something so powerful about acknowledging the difference between right and wrong by recognizing when something isn't right if you've done something wrong and you feel guilty guilt is not a bad thing guilt is actually your opportunity to wake up and recognize oh, that doesn't fit within the kingdom that doesn't fit with who I've been called to be. Hallelujah. It's, guilt is not meant to be squashed or covered or ignored. It's meant to be dealt with and dealt with in faith. And we bring our sin. We go, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't right. I acknowledge it. I recognize it. And when I recognize it, what I'm doing is actually training my conscience to become more and more tender before the Lord and discerning good and evil. Oh, God, I shouldn't have spoken to that person that way. And when I say, Lord, I recognize that. Sorry. And tell the person, I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. What we're doing is we're humbling ourselves and we're acknowledging, hang on, that doesn't fit within who we're called to be. That doesn't fit within the kingdom of God. But instead of walking around then and being condemned about what's happened, the just, the righteous, live by faith. So we actually deliberately say, thank you, God, that you are faithful and just. You paid for that before I ever committed it. And I thank you, God, as I give it to you, Lord, in exchange, I receive supernatural peace that comes from knowing I am righteous and clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. That I could never pay for that, but you paid for it for me. I've been so overwhelmed just uh, reading through the Old Testament recently and recognizing you know, the, the punishment for sin that, that uh, people had to, to pay when David had to choose between three different punishments when he, he did the census against the Lord's uh, command. And the Lord said, you're going to have to choose between three different punishments. And or, or you look at things like Michael when she judged David for dancing before the ark and she was judged, she was punished with barrenness for the rest of her life. Or Uzzah when he reached out his hand and t to stop the ark when they were carrying it unrighteously on a cart was instantly punished, boom, dead. And I, as I was reading these things and then talking with the Lord, I kept, became overwhelmed by the kindness of God and the reality that hit me again afresh. That, wow, God, I have been disobedient, but you actually stepped in and took my punishment for me before I ever did it, knowing what I was going to do so that I wouldn't have to bear the punishment for sin. Wow, God, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Hallelujah so thankful and this is the joy that we have from reading, reading the word of God as we we read it understanding the gift of God's son Jesus and what it really means for us we have been forgiven righteousness isn't some catchphrase or or something that we just walk around saying I'm the righteousness of God in Christ I'm the righteousness of God in Christ it's actually a real powerful thing that we are called to lay hold of by faith and deliberately walk out by faith faith every day hallelujah that we are not called to live with a guilty conscience because the blood of Jesus is better than the blood of bulls and goats it tells us in Hebrews because they could never take away the guilty conscience but the blood of Jesus can cleanse our conscience hallelujah 
But it's something that we need to take hold of truth, the truth of what Jesus says, so that we apply it to our lives. I've been talking quite a bit recently about letting truth go beyond the level of just head knowledge into application in our lives, where we really digest it and let it meditate on it and let it become part of who we are. We have been forgiven. You can know that. I'm forgiven. I'm righteous. But if your heart still condemns you, you can take the word of God and say, well, Lord, even if my heart condemns me, you are greater than my heart. What does it feel like to actually be forgiven and cleansed? As I've, I've brought everything to you, I thank you, Lord, that you cleanse me from a guilty conscience. Thank you, Lord. What does it look like? What do I actually look like now if I believe that? I want that not to be a theory that I believe. I want it to be something, a reality that is a, in my life and in my emotions. You know, emotions aren't a bad thing, but you can tell your emotions how to feel. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Tell your soul, hey soul, you're still feeling a bit ashamed. You're still feeling a bit guilty. You're still feeling a bit condemned. Hey, I need to preach to you. Let me tell you the truth here. You are clean. You are, you are accepted. You're absolutely fully accepted. You have been made righteous and holy. Why are you downcast, soul? Bless God. Remember what you look like. Hallelujah. I talk to myself like this. I need to, hallelujah, because if I lived by feelings, my family would not be very happy. Because my feelings can go like this, but my faith can stay like this because it's anchored on the word of God, on the rock. I don't build on sinking sand or on sand dunes. And I build on the word of God, hallelujah, that says I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And it brings, it brings me to a place of supernatural peace. But, you know, I, as I was thinking about this, you know, rejection, which is something we often deal with in life, is very often linked to condemnation that has come in through a lack of faith in the reality of the righteousness of God, hallelujah, of the forgiveness of Christ. You know, as we, if you, if you ever find yourself feeling rejected, wow, that person rejected me. It's normal to feel pain. It's okay to feel pain. Ow, it hurts. Jesus understood the pain of feeling and knowing rejection. But when rejection then starts to become something that you are just consciously carrying all the time, feeling rejected, then it becomes a problem. Yeah. You know, I used to be so full of rejection that I would be always trying to examine, you know, how people are reacting to me because I would be anticipating rejection. I'd become familiar with it. And so, and then because of my walls are up and I'm trying to not be rejected, so the very thing that I was focused on was the thing that I'd draw to myself. But righteousness, actually, when you begin to let it go beyond the level of head knowledge into a heart application, it brings you to a place where you begin to recognize what does that really mean? If I am clean, I am forgiven. It means I am fully accepted. God's not just tolerating me. I am fully, accept, fully accepted to the place that actually God is smiling and celebrating me. And he is, he is on my side and I am on his side and we are together. I'm part of him. 
I don't have to be think, feeling like I'm on the outside, an orphan, trying to get something from him. I'm actually already right in with the innest crowd. Hallelujah. I'm not on the outside trying to be one of the in crowd. I am the innest of the in. I am seated with him in heavenly places. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The privilege that we have because of the gift of righteousness is the answer to the rejection that the enemy would like to sell you. Rejected people will often reject others before they can be rejected. Or they will be trying to feed each other, you know, reasons why you should accept me. Trying to seek affirmation, seek help. You know, they'll, they'll be talking about themselves, not because they're arrogant and proud, but because they're really desperate to be accepted. Because they don't yet know. Or perhaps they know it, but haven't let it sink down and become a reality that they are already accepted by the king of kings himself. And not accepted in English, I feel like doesn't work very well. Accepted isn't like, all right, I'll let you in. Accepted is, oh, come here. The picture of the father with the prodigal son. Oh, I love you. Let's have a party. Give him everything. That's the heart of father. That is what acceptance looks like to God. Oh, from the before I ever created mankind, I was looking forward to the day that you would receive my grace because I long to be with you. I love you. I enjoy your company. I want to talk to you about things that you don't even, that you don't even understand. I want to help you. And I want to, I'm interested in the very little things of your life. He enjoys our company. He, he actually, sometimes we get this picture of God that he's only interested in the really important, serious things. When actually, he just enjoys hanging out with us. He does. Enormously. He so enjoys our fellowship and our company. And condemnation and disbelief, unbelief in the, the reality of God's righteousness is something that keeps us from actually fully engaging in the relationship and the fellowship that we're called to. You know, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But we often don't experience the fullness of joy because we're being caught up with the lies of condemnation and rejection when actually we belong. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, sometimes when I'm dealing with rejection, because it still comes my way, God gives me opportunity to recognize, whoa, Hang on, I need to be more diligent with living by faith, not by feelings. And so rejection comes my way and I have a choice because I've been made in the image of God. I've been given a free will. Hallelujah. I have a choice how I respond to that. I can either go and talk to all my friends and say, it's so terrible. Why they reject me? I don't understand why that happens. And, and try and build a team to make me feel better. But I tell you what, it won't even come close to touching the hurt that's on the inside. Or I can bring it to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. You said for my former shame, pain and disgrace, I could have double recompense. So God, I just bring this as divine currency right now. This is an owie. Ow. Pain, shame, disgrace, dishonor. I give it to you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. 
then I get double recompense. And I don't just do it theoretically. I go further than that. I, lo- I, I like to let the truth emotionally connect with my heart. So I like to think about what could it look like to get double recompense for that? Oh, oh wow, God. Hallelujah. Or if I'm feeling rejected by somebody. I mean, there's people here that seem to that never seem to be worried about what anybody else thinks. My husband's a bit like that. He's just very unconcerned about what people think. Happily, most people think he's wonderful. But he's very relaxed. But me, I really care. I care about what people think. It's a weakness, but God is strong in my weakness. Hallelujah. But instead of being moved by that, oh, 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 I could live in a world of pain continuously. Anybody else built like me in that respect? Ah, But that is just robbing me of the peace and the joy that God has for me. So instead, I like to get still and go, okay, God, thank you, Father, that you've given me the the fruit of self-control. So right now, I'm going to speak to my emotions. I'm going to tell you some truth. I'm going to preach to you. God Almighty has chosen you to be the light of the world. He has determined favor toward you. He's cleaned you and made you absolutely holy. He's forgiven every one of your sin. There is nothing he holds against you. In fact, you have become part of him. You are joined to God himself. And you're going to eternally rule and reign with him. And then I like to think about an example of something that God's done to really affirm me and encourage me. And then I'll think about, oh, oh, I remember that dream you gave me. Oh, I remember that vision I had in worship. And I'll think about it and get happy about it. Oh, yeah, that was really nice, God. And as I deliberately discipline my thoughts to think on these things that are pure and lovely and actually release in my heart joy... Rejection just slips out the back door because it can't stand it. Caroline Leaf talks a lot about this in her book, Switch on Your Brain. She talks about the toxic thoughts, replacing them with positive thoughts and connecting those positive thoughts to emotional experiences. Well, in the same way, spiritually, this is how we do it. We take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, what God's like. And we, we cast it down and we replace it deliberately with truth. Hallelujah. So I like to be deliberate to, to journal. I like to write down the dreams that God gives me, the little visions that he speaks to my heart, prophetic words that he speaks to me. When he speaks to me through his word, I'll write it down. You did this today, God. Hallelujah. And, and then when I'm having a hard time, go back and look and remember And encourage myself. Hallelujah. The heart of the Father is that we'd be able to live in this place of peace. Because righteousness leads us to peace. Righteousness gives us the reality and believing and living by faith in the righteousness of God. Let's us walk with a shalom, a wholeness, a supernatural peace that passes understanding. That is just beautiful to be with. You know, my husband, he is just so full of the peace of God and it's just easy to be with him. But you know, it's so much easier 
to be around people who carry supernatural peace and people who are wound up with anxiety and tension because it's like, oh, I can't take this anymore. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ and he is the prince of peace. Hallelujah. And supernatural peace is something, all of these key elements of the kingdom of God are things that we, we have, but we need to deliberately discipline ourselves to walk in. Hallelujah. So peace is something that is not external that I'm trying to get. It's actually himself living on the inside of me. So if I'm having trouble getting into peace and I come back to the faith that he's given me, you've given me faith to believe. Hallelujah, that you are, you've made me clean, you've made me righteous. If I have fear coming into my life, I, I'll, I'll talk to the Lord about that. I'll say, Lord, I feel anxious, I feel concerned about this. Your word says in Philippians chapter 4, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and the peace of God will guard my heart and mind. So, Father, I just bring you my anxious thoughts. I give it to you. Thank you, Lord. You're going to take care of that. And then... I try to remember an instance when God was faithful to me. And I'll think about it, not just fleetingly, I'll think about it until the joy of that experience wells up in my heart again. I'll remember, wow, yes, God. Wow, I was really worried about that situation. And I remember what you did. You're so faithful. Thank you, God. And that thankfulness and that remembrance of his faithfulness releases afresh the peace of God in my life because I'm replacing the anxiety with the faith that comes from God so I can enter his rest. It's called the rest of faith. Hallelujah. It's something that comes by deliberately engaging. If we could recognize as a body that we have continual freedom to choose all the time, instead of just going along with whatever the enemy wants to throw us, if we would recognize as in this Holy Ghost awakening that's happening, there's a grace to recognize this, that in every moment of every day, when temptation comes or anything comes your way, you are empowered to choose. So if you're doing really well during the day, you maybe had a great time with the Lord and then you just start to relax and then you get tempted to do or think or say or do something that's not godly, you can go that way or you could wake up and recognize, hang on, I've got power to choose right now. I've got power to choose. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that I'm not having to try to do this in my own willpower. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I have power to choose. What would you like to do now, Lord? Give me some ideas. And, and we have short, we have freedom. He makes a way of escape for us in every temptation. But oftentimes we're being led down the road of temptation and feeling like, oh, I just went there because we haven't recognized that we've been given freedom to choose. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus was seen sleeping in the midst of a horrific storm. The disciples were like, oh, we're going to die. It's a terrible storm. What's going to happen? Oh, it's so bad. Someone says, go wake him up. Somebody, you're going to die if you don't wake him up. They go down to the bottom of the boat. They find him. He's sound asleep. How was he asleep? Because 
he had supernatural peace. He gives the righteous sleep. You see, it's something that is a gift from God. He wants to give us peace. And it's not something that we have to go, I, I, I know it's mine. I don't know how to get it. Practically, we can begin to discipline our thoughts to come into line with the truth of God and begin to walk by faith in the kingdom of the Father. Hallelujah. Where we deliberately apply these practical things to, to get, get hold of this supernatural peace and make it alive, spark it alive in our hearts. Hallelujah. Until we begin to manifest it and walk it out. Amen. You know, I remember uh, reading about David in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says here in verse 37, David's actually speaking to Saul and they're saying, uh, are you serious about thinking you could take the giant down? And he says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. What was he doing? He was remembering the faithfulness of God in a situation where he was being tested. When you're in a situation and thinking, the enemy's coming thinking, I don't know if you can do this. I don't know if this is going to turn out all right. It's a bit doubtful here. This This is much bigger than anything you've ever faced before. You can apply exactly the same principle and go, okay, let's think about the faithfulness of God. Wow, wow, look what you did. Look what you did at that time. Wow, in my life. Thank you. I remember that. That was supposed, they told me that was going to go really bad. And look what you did. It was all fine because you sorted it out for me. Thank you, God. You who delivered me in that situation, you'll deliver me in this situation. Because the word of God tells me I don't have to fear the arrow that flies by day nor the plague that stalks at midnight. I don't have to be afraid because you are with me. God, you are for me. Who can be against me? The answer, by the way, is no one. Because he's awesome. Hallelujah. He's the boss of the whole world. Everything. Praise Jesus. God who delivered you from the lion, the bear, he's going to deliver you again. And he wants us to walk in righteousness, peace, And joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, if you would begin to deliberately discipline yourself on a daily basis to apply the word of God to your life, to take it and and deliberately meditate on it, write it out, journal it, think about it, talk about it, pray it, worship God for it, remind yourself of the goodness of God, be deliberate to choose on a moment-by-moment basis. I'm choosing life. Okay, I've got two ways to go. Will I watch that program or will I do this? I'm going to choose life. Thank you, God. And and then you've got practical ways that you can have. God wants to help us. His word is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. Hallelujah. He knows how to show us the way to go. But if we would just use it, pick it up, the sword of the spirit, fight the good fight of faith, we can live in a place of righteousness and peace that will bring us into a holy joy that is glorious, inexpressible, and full of glory. The heart of the Father is that people would encounter him when they encounter you. 
if, if they're seeing someone that's just, oh, so serious and so concerning all the time, you know, oh, yes, the world's just so terrible, good thing we're the light of the world, hey, you know. I mean, it's just not really appealing. But if they see your eyes lit up with life and love and supernatural peace, supernatural joy, an identity that knows you are absolutely accepted in the beloved, that you are part of and joined to the very body of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you can live happy. It's actually not just a luxury. It's part of the essentials of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hooray! Hallelujah! You've got nothing to be afraid of. God is for you. And He wants to help you more than you've ever understood. We're going to just pray for a few people. But you know, the Father wants to make His face shine on you. He wants to look at you and smile, just like I had little Summer there making faces at her. She couldn't help but smile. And you know, that's the way the Father wants to be for us. He wants to make faces at you until you can't handle it anymore and you have to smile. He wants to tell you, I am so in love with you. I'm so in love with you. I'm so for you. His kingdom is not serious and scary and heavy all the time. His kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. His kingdom isn't fear and doom and gloom. It's joy. It's clean. It's pure. It's peaceable. It's lovely. It's free. Hallelujah. It's empowering. And it's giving you grace and supernatural strength to walk in divine holiness. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, thank you for your word. We bless you. We give you honor. Hallelujah.